Welcome, Sandra Ray. This is our podcast on A Course in Miracles, and it's January 1st, 2022. We're starting a new year and a new life, and we've invited people to give a year to God, and we're going to start with lesson number one, January 1st, lesson number one. What do you think about that? (laughs) Well, it's been a long time since I've gone back to lesson one. Well, I don't know. This seems like such a positive year to me, 2022. I mean, even the number is beautiful. It's like three twos and a zero. Mm. So I thought I just got this intimation in the last couple of days to do this and um, I put it out there and we have a few people that are going to come today and I just wanted to do something different and I remember when we first got together we did the lessons every day for a year Yeah. and we made recordings and I'm really... I'm really excited to see what's going to come out of us <laughs> many years later. Mm. So, you know, the the first lesson in The Course in Miracles um, is one of the most confronting. You know, it's the first lesson of Part 1, and Part 1 deals with the undoing of the ego. And, and Jesus starts right out. He says in lesson one, nothing I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place, means anything. So basically it's nothing I see means anything. And then he tells us to look around and look at the chair and look at the, your hand and look at your foot and look at the pen and look at the table and then say, you know, this hand does not mean anything. And then it says, look away further from your immediate area and say, well, this door does not mean anything. This sign does not mean anything. This lamp does not mean anything. And then it says, notice that these statements are not arranged in any order and make no allowance for differences in the kinds of things to which they are applied. That is the purpose of the exercise. Could you say that part again? Notice that these statements are not arranged in any order, and make no allowance for the differences in the kinds of things to which this lesson is applied. That purpose is the exercise. The statement should merely be applied to anything you see. As you practice the idea for the day, use it totally indiscriminately. Do not attempt to apply it to everything you see, for these exercises should not become ritualistic. Only be sure that nothing you see is specifically excluded. One thing is like another as far as application of the idea is concerned. Each of the first three lessons should not be done more than twice a day each, preferably morning and evening, nor should they be attempted for more than a minute or so unless that entails a sense of hurry. A comfortable sense of leisure is essential. 
Well, so this is only things we see, not what we feel. Right. Objects. <coughs> Physical objects. You know, the door, the body, the lamp. You could say, well, in your case, <coughs> your lungs, your cough, your... You know, those are physical things. I can say those? Yeah. As long as you're not um, singling it out like something special, or as long as you're not excluding something, like um, I could say, well, I'm looking at this recorder, and it doesn't mean anything. I'm looking at this chair, and it doesn't mean anything. What do you mean, as long as you're not excluding something? You don't want to specifically leave something out because you don't want to apply the lesson to that. Oh. So what would you look at and say that to? Uh, these books over here that I see, they don't mean anything. Um, this cough I have <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Um... Well, I see you. Do I say that you don't mean anything? Yeah. That, really? Well, my body. You're seeing me, my body, right? Yeah. So, I'm looking at your purple outfit. Does not mean anything. Um, our, our furniture does not mean anything. Our stuffed animal over on the chair does not mean anything. It's a little harder to apply when you look and you see, well, the painting of the Divine Mother on the altar doesn't mean anything. Yeah, do we have to say that? Yeah, well, we don't want to exclude that. Mm. So I think from studying the Course many years, um, this, this is one of the hardest lessons, but it's also uh, getting us to see a couple of things. One is that seeing is a lot based on thinking. So we have a preconceived notion of something and then we see it according to that preconceived notion. <coughs> would, would you say we often do that? Yeah. Okay. So then this lesson is trying to get us to first see that we do that and then to stop giving meaning to that preconceived notion of what something is. So it's trying to like free it from our perception. It's trying to free the thing from what we think about it. In other words, if I think these books are good, that's a preconceived notion? Well, obviously we do think they're good or we wouldn't have them in our house, yeah. right? But then so, I'm not supposed to think anything about them? Well, they may have another meaning, but what we're trying to do right now is remove our meaning from it. Mm. Okay? And have a clean slate. Like, let's just say they do have something very meaningful. So, why would, um, why would we put our own meaning on it if God has given it a meaning? It's the right lesson to start with, to start dismantling the ego. Is it wrong to give meaning to things then? Well, if if the meaning is not the real meaning, why would you keep projecting that onto, the, onto mm. it? Well, then I assume 
Christ is going to give us the real meaning later in the lessons, then. Well, you could assume that, but why would you need to? Mm. I just wondered. See, that's the thing. We're, that's the ego not wanting to let go of its own agenda or its own meanings that we've projected onto things. It wants to be right. So to remove that makes us very uncomfortable. Mm. It's like we're not uncomfortable. We're, we're not comfortable in this sort of space of the unknown where we can't figure it out. I mean, there's a later lesson, number three, that says, I don't understand anything I see. So this lack of understanding freaks us out. That's why we project meanings onto things, even if it's incorrect. It's something we've projected, and it gives us some sense of security, knowing that we know what that means, and it's what I think it means. So that's, that's the ego's world, you know. Mm. Okay. What do I say now? Well, that's the extent of the lesson. And it's interesting that, um, you know, he starts right out with probably one of the toughest lessons in the course. I mean, if you really got that lesson, you'd be totally free of your ego. Oh, yeah? But how does that lesson help you release fear and guilt and anger and so on? I, can, I can't jump that far that it, I can totally get over my ego with that lesson. Well, it actually may bring up some fear. Because oh. we're not used to uh, being that empty. Oh, okay. But that would be another thing you put in the thought, right? Like some things uh, do give you fear, and you've ascribed meaning to that. Like, I don't know, some people have fear of numbers. So if I gave you a spreadsheet and I said, you have to balance all these numbers and tell me... Um, you know, what our taxes are for the year, that would probably freak you out, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right, right. so you ascribe fear to something like that. Mm. And and this is saying, well, what if you looked at it and you said it doesn't mean anything? How could you keep the fear? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that this this is like a mastery race kind of lesson. And it's preparing us for other things, but we have to get this principle. And the principle is being willing to let go of our agendas, our ascribed meanings, our projections. And that's the point. It's saying seeing you have seeing and what you're projecting wired together right now. So your perception is wired together with what you think of something. It's the meaning you ascribe to it. And that meaning you ascribe to it may be off. Mm. 
So, I mean, would you would you just describe like numbers as neutral things, like one, two, three, four, five? They don't really have any charge, right? Yeah. They're just numbers. Mm-hmm. But then when you put them on a financial sheet, all your fear comes up about money, let's say. So they're not neutral anymore, right? But you've made, you've projected those meanings onto those numbers. I mean, you're going to get a lot different feeling if you see numbers in your bank account uh, that says you've got a million dollars in the bank. And if you see numbers in your bank account that says you're overdrawn by $200, you know? So we assign meaning to everything. And it's, you know, based on something we've decided before we even see it. Okay. So this is trying to remove that. Nothing I see in this room, on this street, out this window has any meaning. And for a second, if we can just see that space, a miracle has taken place. Does that make sense? Right. So, yeah, it, it is true that I do have meaning to the painting you did of Jesus and the altars. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me not to have a meaning to those spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say that, you know, later on it said God did not create a meaningless world. So... If we could just hold back our judgments about the lesson, it's like a cleansing. You know, it's like there is a meaning that God assigns to things, or they wouldn't be here. Okay. Everything is created for a purpose, and it has that divine purpose. But we may not be seeing the divine purpose because we've assigned our own purpose to it. So there might be a deeper level of the altar that we're not, or the holy pictures, that we're not accessing because we're projecting our own meaning onto it. Okay. So there might might be something far more powerful in those things that we're not seeing because of the meaning we assign to it. So if we remove that meaning, it's opening it up to be itself, to be more of what it's designed to be by God. And then we see the meaning that God has assigned to it. But first we have to remove our meaning. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm So you're, you know, the ego thinks, well, if I remove my meaning that I placed on it, then it doesn't have any meaning. Yeah. Right? Right. So, well, that's only because uh, we're not seeing through the meaning that the creator has placed in things. We're not seeing it because we've covered it up with our own meaning. 
So if we remove the meaning we've placed on it, we have more opportunity to see the meaning that the Creator has created it for. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, the other thing, you know, that's in the uh, lead-up to this, in the introduction, it says, some ideas the workbook presents you you will find hard to believe, and others may seem to be quite startling. This does not matter. You are merely asked to apply the idea as you are directed to do. You are not asked to judge them at all. You are asked only to use them. It is their use that will give them meaning to you and will show you that they are true. Remember only this. You need not believe the ideas, you need not accept them, and you need not even welcome them. Some of them you may actively resist. None of this will matter or decrease their efficacy. But do not allow yourself to make exceptions in applying the ideas the workbook contains. And whatever your reactions to the ideas may be, use them anyway. Nothing more than that is required. So it's saying you don't even have to understand what you're doing when you start the Course in Miracles. And you don't even have to agree with the ideas. Mm, that's important, huh? You only have to use the ideas. So this... and. All the lessons give you instructions. So this first one, the instructions are in the last paragraph. Each of these first three lessons should not be done more than a twice a day each, preferably morning and evening, nor should they be attempted for more than a minute or so. Oh. Unless that entails a sense of hurry. A comfortable sense of leisure is essential. Twice a day? So you only have to do this. We've just done it once. Yeah. So we only have to do it one more time a day. Okay. And for one minute. So basically you're only investing two minutes in the practice of this first lesson. And you're even told you don't even have to understand it. So, I mean, the only reason you wouldn't do it is if you're just plain unwilling. You know, so... That's where most people fall short. You know, they really do have a lot of unwillingness to let go. And this lesson brings that up right away. I mean, saying that you, you're looking at things and you don't know the meaning of them really is a jolt to your ego. Mm -hmm. And so it brings up right away, are you going to let go or are you going to keep in your, your own agenda? So I think it's the perfect lesson to start with. Right. And it's the perfect lesson for a new year. Mm. We're saying, okay, we want to wipe the slate clean from the last year and start afresh. And we don't know what the, the new year is going to unfold being, but we have like great expectations of it being just fine or even better than before. You know, that's where your faith has to come in. Mm. So I think this lesson where we're wiping the slate clean is a good one. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you.